Welcome back, everyone, to the F1 101 podcast with Brandon and Olivia. Uh, before we get to the mayhem and wonder of Albert Park, a few little things up top. If you would like to support this podcast, tell a friend about it. Give us five stars on iTunes. Drop us a review. We'd love to shout you out on the pod for the next episode. If you don't have any friends, uh, <laughs> shout at someone on the street randomly. Um you know, you'll. I'm confident you'll figure it out. Uh, tell your mom. Yeah, if you don't have friends, that might be a reason why you're into <laughs> F1 and Drive to Survive. This is kind of a parasocial experience for you. You mm-hmm. imagine Danny Rick would be a nice hang if, if only. <laughs> That's our excuse, at least. Yeah. So what's if- what's a podcast anyway? If not. A- simulated conversation with friends that you can't participate in. So. Brandon is actually a figment of my imagination, um, and you're all, you're uh-huh. all invited. All right, so yeah. if you would like to support us, give us five stars, tell a friend, and if you're feeling really like you got some money to spare, yeah, if you li- got a couple of you know coins in uh, your liter- Literally 99 cents to put a square figure on it. There's a, a link in the show notes where you can support the pod. So uh, any of those are greatly appreciated. Um, all right. All right. We, we DVR'd the shit out of this uh, Australian GP. If you think we, that we were going to watch this at 2 a.m. I mean, I don't have to you've justify got the wrong my po- schedule You've got the wrong you, podcast. But I'm getting my beauty rest. Uh, <laughs> we watched it at a very casual 2 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we, th- we uh, a few segments between uh, child care shifts and uh, trips to the gym. But here we are. We made it. Same day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, technically, it's, I mean, a day is what anymore? What is time? Yeah. Uh, all right. So we, we watched the... The race, it's been kind of a weekend up and down. Some people are way more lucky than others. But Mm. um, one sort of thing that's like, you know, ringing clear is Leclerc, another win, another fastest lap. Um, He is just on the top of the board, 105 uh, points. Wow. After three races. Far ahead. You know, everyone, even, you know, second and third are coming way, way far back. So he's established a really strong lead, clear dominance. And I don't know, do you, by this, it's only the third race, but do you feel like we are, Leclerc, this is Leclerc's, Leclerc's uh, championship lose? Maybe. It, things are, are sliding in that direction. Leclerc is clearly in command. Uh, at the same time, it's not. It's fitting that for him to be first. I mean, that's totally like a fair reflection of how well he's raced so far. He's been great. But the gap he has between whoever's in second at, at this point is is a little bit flattering to him. He's also been lucky. Um, right. So that kind of leads into, a for me, like a second major takeaway is that these Red Bull reliability issues are are serious and grave at this point. I mean, Max has not been driving poorly. He's still been racing at a top level, deserves to be right there. He should have finished second in Bahrain, yeah. got nothing. I know. He should have finished second today and got nothing. So even though that Red Bull is clearly the second fastest car and, you know, on any weekend in terms of pure speed could could maybe edge out the Ferrari uh the reliability has been been terrible, and and Max is really sliding out from contention here. And really, no fault to his own. Because totally we've seen no. Head to head battles between the two of them, and Verstappen has bested. 
at the Leclerc, you know, when it totally. comes, when the time comes. So I he possibly could have even nicked him in Bahrain. I mean, it would have been a little bit of a outside chance, but totally could have happened. Um, this is a huge disappointment for Max. Less for Red Bull as a team. You know, Perez came in with a solid P two. Um, he's he's been showing to be a really really reliable teammate and just kind of an all around like great you know ace in the hole for them he's really solid for them yeah i was if you remember the start to his uh his last year it was a little up and down he was completely inconsistent and we were saying this over it was a little rocky to really be what they need for him to be like their strong wingman he's just he's you know he's got to kind of keep pull it over the line all the time and he's been he's been doing great so props to Perez seriously he you know Charles makes it look real easy Perez has got to do a little bit more dirty work you know a little more defending a little bit more you know aggressive overtake something but he's he's kind of he's one to watch I'm I've been enjoying yeah, the season this ended up being a pretty pretty smooth for him for a second place finish the way it kind of all worked out and even though I think Going into the season, we're like, uh, okay, after this season, like maybe maybe that becomes Gasly's spot. You know, we're big Gasly fans, but maybe it doesn't, you know? I don't know. It, Checo has not done anything to really cast a lot of doubt about how solid he is at a number. As a number two driver, he seems to have a really good handle on this car. I still think Max has more, a little more magic in the tank than he does, Um on his best day, without doubt, but I think that that the gap between those two is a lot closer than it was, and so far so good for for Checo. Christian Horner said he would rather have a fast, unreliable car than make try to make a slow car better. Well, dreams really do come true, <laughs> <laughs> right? He then he's gotten everything he wanted, and then not in exact response, but in um, the post. Race interview, uh, Mattia Bonato said that, you know, to win, to win races, to get podiums, you first have to, you know, cross the finish line. <laughs> um, it was a nice little tidy sort of response to that. But there is, there seems to be these two different um, philosophies that to do something mm. fast and reliable, to do something slow and reliable. Um, it's really like picking the perfect man. It's like, you know, what do you want more <laughs> in a partner? Right. The guy is going to like, you know... Looks or income passion, or charisma. But he's, you know, he's yeah. gonna be gone by the time you wake up. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping we have another little break that Red Bull can sort some things out. I have no doubt that they can do this. This is you know we're three races in, all is not lost. Uh, but it's we're going we're going to Imola next. I mean this is we're going to Ferrari territory. So. This is looking pretty good for them. All right, yeah. so before we go in through the grid and we sort of bring oh, up I've, I've got some more takeaways before we get to the grid. But hey, what do you what do takeaways. you think? Okay, um, you know, on this podcast, we love we love strong feelings. We have a soft place for <laughs> melancholy and dollar and uh, the duende and all that stuff. Uh, so I want to talk about our two our two saddest racers of the weekend, Olivia. Yeah. Um, we have sad Seb and sad signs. Which, which sad guy do you want to talk about first? All right, I'll talk about Seb because he hasn't gotten a lot of airplay. He has. Well, he missed a... the first two races, right? So that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, his so in his saw... absence, his team's car proved to be you know 
at the bottom of the grid, also sad. So Sebastian Vettel, his first time on a, in a racetrack since 2021. Uh, so welcome back to Sebastian Vettel. For, you know, good to see you. Happy mm-hmm. to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, he, he... A very expensive weekend for oh, him, yeah. particularly. I think he racked up, you know, 5,600 euros. Uh, just he just he just paid to play. Well, he damaged the car by my count twice, and uh, was fined on two separate occasions. Correct. So, yeah, he, he was now, really, he's officially a paid driver. He now. was really he was really getting it in. <laughs> uh, so I believe he crashed unforced in FP three, and then it was pretty bad. So there was a scramble to get his car ready to even have a crack. At qualifying but then his teammate was also a very naughty boy this weekend <laughs> uh, just took Latifi out stroll just careens into Latifi at, at a relatively low speed I've actually never seen a car get so fucked up during qualifying for a crash on an outlap at that speed I mean right. for a low speed collision like how how just gnarled Latifi's Williams was it was uh, impressive I mean, it's also just a ridiculous crash. I mean, it's like uh, like they're playing bumper cars or something. Is Stroll getting, like, pressure from his dad to, like, do better? I mean, is he, like, getting yelled at by his papa or something? Like, why is he... He's, he's like, a really desperate, like, it, crazy... It had a, <laughs> and he's bringing, like, you know, my dad's going to kill me, rich boy energy he, to this... Like, there were some des- des- desperate vibes coming from him this season. All right, so Seb... Ends up getting bought a little extra time because of the uh, red flag after the Stroll Latifi crash. The Aston Martin mechanics are sprinting to get Seb's car in order. Oh, first, when Seb crashes in FP3, he hitches a ride on a moped uh, that a steward had lent him back to the garage which is pretty cool. He's waving to the fans. He's just out there cruising around. Ends up getting fined and called to the steward's office uh, for, you know, a 35-year-old father of three to be, you know, (laughs) reprimanded for riding a moped. Um, Seems a little bit harsh. So anyway. It's like the the grown-ups didn't like seeing, like, the teenager having fun. So... He took took the... Little joy ride. Yeah, he took the car for a little joy ride. No harm done, uh... Punishment, perhaps, overly severe relative to the crime. So anyway, the the mechanics pull this off, and Seb is just barely able to get out at the end of uh, Q1 and get a timed lap in. But it turns out he speeds in the pit lane, gets another uh, fine or penalty for that, makes it out, just crosses the line before the checkered flag. So he's able to get a timed lap, finishes last in. Half a second... From crossing the line, which if he didn't speed, he wouldn't have made it across the right. line. And it wouldn't have made a difference. Damned if you do, that. damned if you don't. He gets his lap in and finishes last anyway. So that's that's how Seb started the weekend. I hope uh, Lauren Stroll is put in the Manny Petty bill for these... Uh, <laughs> for the, the tension headache bill for like all of these mechanics. These poor guys just like... I, can you even imagine just like the no you're fly to Australia and then you're just like exhausted and for every yeah. second of the next three days. And then of course, fittingly, he crashes, you know, solo unforced crash in the race as well. So that's, 
that was Sebastian Vettel's weekend, his first of the season. So, COVID and then this. He's, uh, he's winning all the time. Yeah, I mean, he seems to think he's just doing just fine. I think in his Sebastian Vettel's world, like, everything's just all right. I mean, he's got his bees, his beekeeping. He's got, like, you know... If I were him, I might want to just have the bees at this point. I might want to <laughs> cut the... The bees are Cut all this, this race car nonsense out and the... But yeah, I've, the beekeeping might be going well for all we know, and, and the racing certainly isn't. Some, you know, flops here, some, you know, mechanical issues, some driver error. It's, I mean, you kind of, you, you name it, he's got it. It's just, you got, all right, I mean. How long do you want to stay on, on the carousel at this point? He's 21st in this, you know, driver standing. So <laughs> yeah. that's, you know. It's, well, hopefully yeah. he moves up a place or two. Hey, it's it's hard it's hard to finish to finish uh, you know lower than twenty, and he's uh, he's he's managed to pull that off thus far. So, anytime you're out of the top twenty, it really says something <laughs> about how your season's going. All right, let's, another the next sad. We've got sad another guy. sad guy. Sad signs, you know. He, for someone whose season started as well as his, in a, with a second place in Bahrain and then a third place in... And his last season ended well. Yeah. In, in a kind of surprise fifth place finish. They've He's got a great car to drive. He's two podiums in a row. But it's about as sad as could be for a double, double podium. I mean, he's clearly behind Leclerc both times. Even when he came in second... In Bahrain at the first race, they were stoked to have a competitive car, but he's like, I don't understand how to drive this car. Why am I this far behind my teammate? Like, what am I doing wrong? I need to, like, get my head around this quick. So he's almost sliding, and even though he's racking up the points and doing well, he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sliding into second driver status here. And then this is his weekend. He can't let this go too many more weeks without being kind of level-ish with Leclerc and he has a he was fast here and there in qualifying but as a nightmare in Q3 oh he was about to finish a pretty fast lap and then the red flag came out like what a hundred yards before the finish right. line Just and he has he to back to off get a timed lap and it got taken away um so yeah there was the kind the thing I've noticed which we'll probably we'll get back to is that there's been a lot of really unlucky breaks for some people. This has been, it's really been a very lucky weekend for Charles Leclerc and pretty much nobody else. Uh, everyone's also yeah. really got to fight for what George they Russell maybe. Yeah, maybe I'd put Russell up there. But um, kind of, I want to throw a question to you Go about ahead. Carlos. So we know him as kind of a, a jovial guy. He's a great teammate. You know, he's clearly like you know happy to get along. He's Everyone like, loves right? him. He always comes back with a little bit of a quip. You know, he's he's a good interview. Yeah. But we also know him to be very technical, very hard on himself, very have a very high standard. Super hard worker, both in terms of training, in terms of data and engineering, really has a good head for racing, really puts in the time and effort in pretty much every dimension of, of preparation. Probably in some cases, like, fancies himself a little bit of an underdog. But my question to you is, do you think he's just gotten in his head? He's gotten in his own way this weekend. Because there was, there was I think can think of one, you know, instance in qualifying where he made an error that just cost him hugely. I mean, unfortunately, a small... Yeah. 
a mistake is a difference between not just first and second place, but like in this case, second and ninth place. Right. So he makes an error in on his final lap after the lap that he had to back out of, ends up qualifying ninth, which is a, a nightmare for yeah. him. But then off the line today, he was super slow. I mean, you saw from his onboard camera, and it's just like three or four cars, like on both sides, just flying by him. So he was down five places, like before the first lap was up. Well, and then before the second lap was up, I think. Do I have that right? What what lap does he crash? Um, he has an absolutely wild crash. Yeah, this was like in the first or second lap. And he was lucky actually not to careen into someone else. But he was going off on one side of the track and then ends up flying across the track and ending up in the gravel on the other side, spinning his wheels and stuck. So he was all done by lap one or two. Right. So, yeah, so he's not going to be in a good mood. Was that a desperate move? Did that Was his spin out because he was trying to... He knew he was falling back so fast and he had to just, instead of staying steady and calm, he just pushed it, pedal to the metal. I'd have to look, I'd have to look more, more closely at that. It's definitely possible that the tires, you know, weren't at a great temperature yet. And he was, yeah, maybe pushing too hard, already feeling the race slip away just a few corners in. That onboard is pretty brutal because you see him having a pretty rough start and just everyone flying past and that feeling must just be completely getting <laughs> so yeah sad for carlos sad for seb um all right let's, let's on to, to some happier talking right, i was about to Olivia. just get talk about more sad stuff but okay. oh you've got do we want to stick i think alonzo yeah okay let's let's Major let's stick with that let's stick but with we that can, we can go no no let's let's stay let's stay negative before we <laughs> turn on the sunshine here so you know, at the end, the two old guys on the grid both end up with hugely disappointing results, but the energy around them feels so different. Mm. Alonso, you can tell, he's so hungry. He threw everything, not only at the race, but at qualifying. He was on to qualify possibly in the top three, certainly no lower than four, which is amazing in that car. Uh, throwing everything at, and then his engine just died like randomly on a flying lap, and he slams into a wall. Like if you watch the uh, the footage, this that you know you hear the the roar of the engine, then just cuts out like silence. The car just dies, and then you know a split second later, there's noise again when he's flying into into gravel. So that was rough, and then he's this race. He stays out for a while trying to do an alternate strategy and gain advantage. He's racing hard, he's trying everything, uh, and he still ends up ends up last. I know. It felt like for all the effort and and ingenuity and all the different ways he kind of tried to be spicy and do something interesting. And not only that, but as And he, he ends was, up with with nothing to show for it. I mean, at least he, was, he finished uh, the race, but he was battling. He got like locked up with some traffic between, you know, some midfield contenders. I mean, Stroll was just kind of keeping everybody behind. And yeah. he, Alonzo was just the, the third or fourth car on the line and was just in a bad position, an unlucky position there. And, um, 
it's yeah there's just kind of all these little moments and you kind of add it up to the whole weekend and you think like man like how could this get any worse how can one person like yeah. bad luck befall one person so badly so i know we've obviously naturally focused on red bull a little bit more with their engine failures and their issues at the top but alpine for how fast their car has shown itself to be i think has been a little bit unlucky in the points too um Majorly. for alonzo to finish last and to retire uh in the previous race where he was again just trying everything just leaving it all out there and to end up with with nothing again they're out you know we were talking about coming into the season like some people are going to nail the new specs and and some people are going to going to fail it and that picture has become clear and they're another one where it's like the reliability isn't quite there, but the top speed and high-end performance on the Alpine when it hangs together is uh, definitely a step ahead of, of where they were and, and is actually crawling out from the midfield into that, you know, kind of front front four or so. Yeah. I'd like to see, looking ahead, races with less engine failures. I want to see more, more, more wheel-to-wheel action. I want right. to see really some more... I want to see... The fruits of people's labors being being brought to you want to you want it to win know? or lose on on merit completely. So I'm I'm getting a little frustrated with these little engine failures here and there. Not just you know for one team or another, for one driver or another, but because I'm ready for this to be sorted out and I'm ready for to see like the real the real where it matters. All right, on to happier news. All if right. you're a Mercedes or McLaren fan, I think both those teams take couple baby steps forward back to where you think they should be they're not clearly not competitive on speed terms with the ferraris or the red bulls yet but you have mercedes finishing three and four Mm -hmm. with russell very consistent very solid neck and neck with lewis you know when he's behind in qualifying it's not by much and in, in race terms too he benefited a little more from safety car timing to end up uh, in front of Lewis today, I think Lewis might be a little bit frustrated about that. And they were pretty close, so it could have—it really could have gone either way. But three and four is good for them, and then five and six is McLaren. They qualified respectably too, so they were just a, a catastrophe out of the gate in Bahrain, and they're they're crawling back to where to where they should be. Daniel Lando Ricardo. qualifies fourth, which was felt good. Felt Huge. like that's where he belongs. It felt good for everyone. It was a feel good moment for everyone. But yeah, but now Ricardo, he can show his face in Australia again. He didn't completely uh, let let his countrymen down. Um, so, yeah, thing, things were trending sad for him, too. And that's he's he's kind of pulled himself back from the brink. Now the current Constructors' Championships, number two, is Mercedes. Yeah, uh, it, it shouldn't be that way, but I guess it is. It's, uh, you, you, they're so tricky. They're so quiet and so sneaky. And there, and here they are. Also, who do you think is second in the drivers' championship? I have not looked at this. I'm going to guess it's Checo. It's George Russell. Are you serious? I'm, I'm oh 100% my god! I'm 100 serious. That's how sneaky. I'm telling That's you. That's sneaky. That's sneaky. Very. There's something. I can't get behind that. Fourth, I'll accept for George. That seems like where he's at on merit. So drivers' champions now. The standing is Charles Leclerc. George Russell, Carlos Sainz, Checo Perez. So Max is fifth. Max is seventh, I think. Oh my God! I know. It goes. That's like, wrong. It goes. I think. Um, 
Hamilton and then Ocon. <laughs> we could just pull this up and qualify, but you know, cl- clarify it. But let's let's not. <laughs> let's just conjecture. I'm very reliable. Yeah, if we've gotten this wrong, you can you can let us know. Um, I'm pretty sure. I looked it up like uh-huh. half an hour. And ago. if we did get it wrong, uh, we don't care. So. Just give us that ninety nine cents. <laughs> Yeah, you guys don't pay us enough to be accurate with our with our <laughs> figures. Um, anything else you want to hit from kind of the details here? I'd I'd like to point out one driver who I think easily to get lost in in this race in terms of the the people you're thinking of. Not someone we've thought about. Can I can much. I guess? Guess who I'm thinking about? Is it Alex Albon? It's Alex Albon. <sighs> I have the Williams is not a fast car this year. They're neck and neck with Aston Martin for for being at the back of the grid. I have never seen and and Latifi is just having a terrible terrible year. Aye. Mostly his fault um prior to this weekend, not not necessarily his fault as much this weekend. But Alex There's Albon There's a lot of Canadian on Canadian yeah. violence this weekend. We thought they were peaceful and civilized. They're kind of <laughs> up there. They're kind of playing against type. So, apparently this track, for whatever reason, I don't know, I guess it was repaved or, or something recently, but the tire degradation is not seen as so bad. And I think, I actually don't think anyone, uh, did anyone have on soft tires at any point in the actual race today? I don't think so. If They did if, in qualifying. If Charles had a bigger advantage and hadn't the fastest lap, I think maybe they would have. He could have thrown him on. Him yeah, on. he didn't need to. He was getting he fast get- slap on... Hella old tires. Yeah. No, he's just... That's how, e- that's how easy it was for him. So, the one stop is very much possible this race. But not only does Albon do the one stop, but he stays out forever. He pits on literally the last lap. I have, I am not the world's oldest, you know, longest serving F1 fan, but I have never seen... First of all, if, if you're new to this, it's required to pit at least once. You have to pit once. You have to use at least two different sets of tires in the race. That's a rule. So you can't stay out there the whole race. But Albon stays out until the last lap. He's, you know, in the closing phase of the race. He's up into, I believe, seventh place. But he has to pit. But he still manages to hang on to tenth, uh, even with the the lost pit stop time, to claim that last point, which uh, I think Latifi finished second to last of the uh, drivers who finished. So the Williams did not deserve a point today on pure pace. So Albon drove great. He looked in control the whole time, managing those tires for an ungodly amount of time. Uh, And just by virtue of a totally, you know, zigging while everyone else is zagging kind of strategy, uh, nicks a point. So props to him. It's only one point in the standings, but I'm 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 impressed. Well, it sets them above Aston Martin, certainly. So right. they're not the last, not the, the very far back. Can I tell you something about Alex Albon? Yeah, go ahead. He's my driver of the day. Are you serious? I was. This is not something I would have expected to say. I mean, I wouldn't have woken up this morning like you know thinking these words were going to come out of my mouth. But from where he started, which was the very very back, he clawed all the way into respectable points position and only based on you know just the rules and regulations where they're they're cracking down on you know everyone's trying to be very uh very by the book this season so just by you know 
purely having to make a pit stop, he does manage to secure a point for Williams, which do they do they deserve? Do, like how, how is this possible? I I think he he made he did something really great today. He was he was pretty quiet for most of the race, but he to go from the back into the points and score something for Williams is amazing. Yeah. Um it's his third race with Williams and he has already scored a point. Yeah. I don't think anyone was seeing that coming. I don't think that's that's the best you can really hope for. And he's clearly the lead driver on that team. There was some talk coming into the season. Uh Latifi's been there for I believe two years, three years, something like that. So he's yeah. established in the team. This will be his third year, I guess. Okay. And there was a question of, you know, it's going to be probably a little bit closer between Albon and Latifi than it was with with Russell. You know, uh, that's an interesting marker. And, and Albon is clearly just just a better race driver. So, yeah, they're, they're lucky to have him. They need to uh, get rid of Latifi. Seems like a nice guy, but there's just... There's no, there's it's no, there's no upside there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just not a winning hand, Williams. We're, we're sorry. All right, so um, let's we can maybe run through the standings briefly. When we think about drivers who, you know, deserve if not driver of the day, like a good shout out. I, Leclerc and Perez is obvious. I, I think Russell too. Um, Leclerc is just like the little prince. That's what I'm gonna call, yes. refer to him from now on. He's just like yeah, it was it was easy. Do no wrong, just do you know. Even even when Max's car was holding up and Max was driving, you know, without any obvious errors, he still he still couldn't. He didn't quite have it. He couldn't quite hang on. Max still should have finished second, but in any case, um, I don't really know Olivia that anyone beyond that deserves positive attention except Alonzo just for sheer effort and gumption all right so we talked about we in terms of the standings we got at least to the McLarens at five and six Ocon finishes seventh very respectable Botas at eight Gasly at nine I was hoping Olivia that the Alpha Taris would have a little more just a little more in the tank they're just dead in the midfield. Not to go back to the sad, but is Yuki gonna be okay? I no. I see now more. I just more than ever. I see just pictures of Yuki on the side of a ra- after a race, just sitting on the grass, just like, just broken. One of my predictions coming in the season is that Yuki breaks through. He c- comes good on his promise, yeah. and that's just that's just not happening. I think that we were expecting that. We were waiting for that. I think he was expecting that from himself. He was really ready for, you know, just the things are kind of his maturity, his interest, his, like, com- comfort, and all these sort of things were c- coming together, and he was really trying to make good on it, and it's uh, to no fault of his own. This has been a pretty rough start. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't really been able to finish very high. He's had, I think, pretty consistently just, like, pretty bum luck yeah bum luck and then where the luck hasn't been bad just very mediocre performance yeah. so i don't know how he's feeling or how he's like processing all of this but there's clearly a heaviness and sort of just a level of um i don't know but he's not the kind of uh sprightly bubbly 
jokey kind of Yuki of old. There is yeah. a, I think something's kind of coming to roost with him. But and G- Gasly, you know, no obvious errors today or anything, but just didn't seem to have the juice to do anything special. He struggled to get around Stroll for many laps on end, despite having DRS. So I don't know if there's just nothing special about the car or or what, but he's a little more jammed up in the middle, whereas we were hoping he'd be, you know, inching his way toward... Yeah, he's our little breakout the top, guy. the top half. Albon in 10, we talked. Joe in 11, uh, unremarkable day for him. He made a nice little move on Alonso. I mean, it's like kicking someone when they're down, but... It was He did like get that. to pull an overtake on a world champion, so I'm... And he didn't do, he didn't do terribly. Then we have Stroll, who was driving crazy and got penalties and was was weaving like a bad boy. You know how I feel about Lance Stroll. I know. Olivia doesn't want to talk about him. He, I mean, cringe moment of the weekend is when he just bashes into Latifi, bad mouths him, and then just like start, you know, goes in the back of a scooter and just like high fiving people in the crowd. It's just like, can you? Do you have any sense of awareness? Do yeah, you, like, and then you... in the interview is using just purely uh, passive, passive voice. The like, what so, are you gonna do? Yeah, passive kind of, like, voice sentences to explain what happened, yeah. and then that's how the crash. And that's no, I crashed into him. It was my fault. That's how you say it. Yeah, I mean, this is just this is what entitlement looks like. <laughs> just if it were a person, uh, yeah, he. Whatever the opposite of driver of the day is, Stroll is my my that. And then we have the Haases in thirteen and fourteen. Uh, they're they're they've fallen back a little bit to to earth here. A, a really promising start of the season for them. I don't know if this just wasn't their race. If the conditions and their setup, you know, some track suit cars. Better or worse than others. Maybe this wasn't the track where their package was going to be uh, particularly competitive. But I hope that this wasn't indicative of their true quality. It was just a little bit of an off weekend for them because kind of a they were definitely one of the happy stories of the of the first two races. Uh, K Mag in, in particular, for sure. You know, Haas has come in, has come under such microscopic scrutiny from being either like really bad or really surprisingly good i think when they have like a weekend where they're just maybe a little invisible it's kind of a little break a little respite for them Uh, i hope they come back a little bit stronger i i think that they can absolutely they should be ahead of stroll and joe and albon easily um yeah so i if anything a really really comfortable fifth place for haas is uh is my, my wishes and dreams at this point. It can happen. We've then got Sonoda, Latifi, and Alonzo, which we've all we've discussed already, I think. Anything else you want to hit about this weekend? I just keep sort of reflecting back mostly on Signs and Max. It was kind of the, the two that I've been thinking about is just that they didn't get to show their true potential, I think, in this race. Um, if you are signs, maybe you chalk this up to a bad weekend and you move on. But if you're Max and you're Red Bull, you know that you have a lot of work to do. This isn't just like, you know, you shake it off. This is really the beginning of neat, like, how do we move forward? How do we build something better? So I... 
it's interesting. It's a very different sort of, pro, you know, projection for the, both of them, like on their pathway forward. Um, but what do you think? Is this well, it's indicative just, of It's the, interesting that in both of the top two teams this season, at least one of the drivers feels super frustrated and mm-hmm. unlucky and... Uh, I, I, I don't know if desperate is is going too far, but um, feels off the pace and unjustly done by the by the results. So that's interesting. All right. Just overall thoughts. Did you enjoy this race? Was this good? I mean, we're we're in Australia. Up is down. Down <laughs> is up. The toilets flush differently. Like, is this like? A total flip flop of your expectation is this just because I think for F one it's a good weekend. It's good to be back uh, in Australia after the most two years off. Attended Australian sporting event. Sporting event. Yeah, major. There was tons of people. That's the, huge. the weather looked beautiful. The park looked great. The sun was out, and it was hitting all the drivers' eyes. Yeah, <laughs> they like... couldn't see. Uh, it seems like a, a lovely place to be. So I think it it was a good good weekend. From, for in spectator terms, for the sport, this is a race I think that you want yeah. on on the calendar. In pure racing terms, just the entertainment of what's happening on the track. I don't know. I give it a B, B plus. It's certainly not an A level. It's not going to be one of the most memorable races of the season. Um, but not totally not bad. I'm just glad to be back in Australia. I feel like it's nice. I feel like it was a really good to be back. And as we said, the attendance was so remarkable that I think that it's been welcomed back and um, it was missed. So I think from just purely from a fan point perspective, it was great to have this back on the calendar and be all said and done. There was a lot of memorable moments, more memorable moments in qualifying and practice than I think that we were all expecting. But uh, I mean, we have, at the end of the day, we have a Ferrari, a Red Bull and a Mercedes on the podium. Yeah. This isn't like the most like amazing uh like ridiculous um result for mm-hmm. anybody. Um smoothing out some reliability issues. I want to see I want to see Verstappen really fighting. I want to see Alonso on some podiums. I want that so badly for it, Fernando. It would just be a hallelujah just the party <laughs> in the streets. Well, next week we are in Imola, a track with a lot of history. Both the week, the next the week after next. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so. We'll have to. <laughs> Another thing we'll be checking on and confirming after the show. But anyway, the next race, whenever it happens, is in Imola, a track with a lot of history, both uh, beautiful and tragic. Ooh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I love a little beauty and a little tragedy. Uh, yeah, this is where. Uh, Senna died on the same weekend that I think it was uh, another driver, Roland Ratzenberger, also died. I guess that was in '94. So maybe we'll cover this double on a, fatalities on a, pre, on a pre-race uh, race preview. But you know, yeah. brand's given you a little that's, taste. That's even sadder than sad Seb and sad signs. <laughs> I don't know if I have the heart to to go there, but uh, it's a, it's it's a good track for sure. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll we'll catch you later. Wait, who's your driver of the day? I I don't know. I'll give it to Albon too, just for a, for a left field choice. There you go. That's the right. That's the right call. We're proud of you, Alex. Good job. All right, guys. We'll see you. Um, we'll see you next week in Imola or, or somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye.